Hey, sweet sister friend. Welcome back to the Shine with Brandy show. I cannot believe it that it is the month of October. Holla at your girl because guess what? That means the Come Alive retreat is happening this month. If you are new to the Shine with Brandy show, you may not heard about this awesome retreat weekend experience. It is going to be an opportunity to experience the Lord and have a fresh encounter and come alive. It is a very spirit-filled weekend, and I'm super excited about it. And here is the most exciting part of this. We now have two options available. We, one, have the live in-person option where you can come to an all-inclusive weekend, two nights, three days, Friday, October 29th through Sunday, October 31st in Melbourne, Florida, due east of Orlando, Florida, super cheap, easy to fly in and out of. You can come and join us there on property for all the excitement and sun and the fun, or should I say fun in the sun, with the sun, S-O-N. Super excited for that. However, we also have a second option. By request, we had many people who said, hey, can we live stream it? I'm not able to attend for whatever reason. Some people were traveling. Some people had their kids' uh, Halloween festivities or fall festivities going on at church and they were helping out with on Saturday morning and they couldn't participate in all the things. So we are also offering this as a virtual live streamed event for the faith sessions. All right, y'all, because I believe it is so important to have that faith as a foundation for everything. We know that the spirit and the soul, of course, then impact the body. So y'all can get your own little workouts on on your own at home, but the faith sessions are going to be recorded and available for you live stream. So you'll be there with us in spirit. So log on over to shinewithbrandy.com under the events tab. You will see There is a work with me tab and then it says come alive is the very first event. Click on that and you can sign up to come and attend in person or you can attend virtually. All right, now grab your pen and your paper because we are about to get real up in here today, y'all. Hey, sweet sister. Welcome to the Shine with Franny show. I'm Franny and I'm on a mission to help you become stronger, healthier, and more confident using God's word so you can live fully, freely, and fearlessly. I'm committed to bringing you edutaining stories, which is my way of saying I'm going to make you laugh a little and learn a little something at the same time, with the hope that you will be encouraged and strengthened to kung fu kick that darn devil right in the crotch and let him know his rightful place in your life. Girl, he is not the boss of you, so let's claim your freedom and walk in it. All right, sweet sister, you are in the right place if you're also under construction and you need a little extra Jesus and joy in your world every day. I believe that God has a special message for you today. It's about to get hot up in here, so let's go. Hey, sweet sister friend, welcome back. I am so glad you're here, y'all. It is a new month, at least at the time of this recording. I don't know when you're listening, but it is October. And guess what that means? Go shorty. It's your birthday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you say it's your birthday. Do-do-do-do-do, in case you're a Beatles fan. I just gave you two songs right up in there. Today, it is my birthday month, y'all. And I don't know about you, but I like to celebrate not just one day or even a week. I'm like the whole month. In fact, I might even go the whole gosh darn year and just celebrate. But in honor of my birthday, I'm going to be sharing some personal stories with you that are not solely related to me, S-O-L-E-L-Y, solely as an only, but they are solely related to you, S-O-U-L. And I kind of made up my own word there, solely related to you. Because these, I hope and I pray, and I know for sure that the Holy Spirit has brought me through this so that I can share this with at least one of you. This entire series is all about the orphan spirit. Now, you may have heard of that. Perhaps this is a whole new term and a whole new concept for you. 
But my highest hope and prayer is that you can learn about it because more than likely, even if you grew up in a home that was like Cliff Huxtable, okay, Cliff and Claire Huxtable, you most likely have a trace or an element or at least one characteristic of an orphan spirit. So throughout the entire month of October, we are going to dive into what is the orphan spirit? What does it look like? How does it manifest in our lives? And then most importantly, how do we cure it? What is the anecdote for the orphan spirit? So I'm going to be sharing a story with you. And we know that, you know, stories, of course, are what make our lives go round. And we know that it is by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony that when we share our stories, that we allow God's glory to be revealed. And we know that the enemy will then cower in the light. He cannot stand when we share our stories, our personal stories. So while you might be like, well, Franny's telling a story while she was a major train wreck, my highest hope in prayer is that the enemy no longer, he no longer inhabits that place that once carried shame and guilt and condemnation and fear and rejection and all the other things. So I pray that over you too, sweet sister, that there are places where you're like, I could never tell anyone that, or I could never admit that to anyone. This is kind of like my little confessional booth up in here. Kind of like we're going old school MTV with Real House or whatever that show was called. I don't even know what it was called on that reality TV show. But I, my hope and prayer, as I mentioned before, is that you will look at this and be like, wow, God has been at work, not only in her life, but here's how he's at work in my life. So I'm going to start with a little story about my grade school days. All right. So shout out to all my Catholic school girls out there. Hey, if you attended a Catholic school, you might know some of these like stories and relate to some of these having the sisters and having them wear their habits, um, going to Monsignor Scully for your confession. I'm going to be sharing some stories. So today we're actually starting right there. I went to a small little Catholic school. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, Northwestern Pennsylvania, right on the border of Ohio. In fact, my school was literally like you walked up the hill and you were in the state of Ohio. We had 11 kids in my first grade class and I did not attend kindergarten. My mom really wanted to get me out of the house. I had attended two years of preschool. I knew my numbers and my colors and my alphabet. And they were like, great. She said, because obviously with only 11 kids in my first grade class, they needed the enrollment. <laughs> so I will be honest and maybe perhaps a little self-promoting here and say that I was popular. Now, with less than a dozen kids, y'all, it it was not hard to be popular. (laughs) But more so, I had notoriety, not with my classmates, but with the teachers and our principal, Sister Veronica. She wore a habit most days, but not every day. Sometimes she just wore a little plaid blazer and a little one of those like little Peter Pan collars with a little like almost like a little... Girl Scout, little bow tie at the top, like a little, I don't know what you even call that little thing that she wore up at the top up in there. But Sister Veronica and I were quite tight and not necessarily in a good way because I frequented her office all the time. I was in there several times a week because y'all, I was a bully. It was nothing for me to think twice about tripping somebody in the hallway, me to kick somebody off the swings, me to push somebody on the playground. I was a very physical kid. I was physically bigger, not only in weight, but also in height than most of my peers, which was odd because I was younger. I was really only five going into first grade um, because like I said, my birthday is in October. So we started right at Labor Day. So I was five going in and that was a challenge, you know, because I was physically bigger than most kids. And so I then felt already in control or like I had some type of power and some type of, you know, superiority over them. Oh, man alive. Was that not the truth? 
but more so I acted on my emotions because of what was going on in my home life. And so many of the things that I did to the kids at school was my way of gaining control and my way of lashing out on the things that were happening at home because I didn't have control. And obviously I was being modeled being physical for my own father. If you don't know my whole story, I will be diving into that more so throughout the month. But I, in one way I pretended I was like this cute little girl, right? Like where I had my little Hello Kitty, you know, pencil box. And then I got at the local Hallmark store and I had my little colored pen with the four click colors at the top. There was red and green and blue and black. And I was kind of like the popular kid. Again, there are only 11 kids in my class. So, you know, was not too hard of a contest to win. Okay. But I also had cool things. Okay. Because I made sure that my mom got them. I like had to have them. Right. We, I cried over those. So there was one girl in particular and I'm going to use for anonymity's sake. I'm going to use a pseudonym for her. And her name was Holly. And Holly was this sweet little girl. Now, where I was wearing my plaid jumper, we didn't have skirts back then, y'all. But I was wearing that little plaid jumper and sometimes a little plaid skirt. And I would wear these navy knee socks. And my knee socks would sometimes go around my ankles more like cankles. If you've ever seen an old lady kind of visualize here where her um, stockings are so loose, they kind of gravitate towards her ankles there. My calves were so large that I had worn out the elastic. And so my knee socks would just slouch down towards my ankles. Whereas Holly, she was this skinny little thing, this skinny little scrawny little thing, cute as a button. But she like, you know, I think she had to like clothespin her uh, skirt around her waist because it was like too small and it was the smallest size they had or too too big, pardon me. And so whereas mine were too loose and my knee socks went to my ankles, hers, she didn't have enough meat to fill in her calves. So hers also hung around her ankles. So poor sweet little Holly was the cutest little thing and but a little bit disheveled and her parents were older, way, 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 way much older. And I learned, you know, by the end of first grade or whatever, you know, you learned that she was adopted. And so whether it be coming to parties, I can't remember exactly how I found that out, but sweet little thing. So I would oftentimes on the weekends and whatnot, I would go to my best friend's house and we're call her Joelle. Again, another pseudonym to protect the innocent here. And so I would go over to her house after school and on the weekends and she had this cute little beagle and we did not have a dog growing up. We didn't have any pets at all. And so she would feed her dog these Gaines burgers, which were simply like a dog-shaped, hamburger-shaped dog food. And I had planned for Julie over the weekend. I said, okay, I want you to bring in to school next week one of these Gaines burgers. Y'all, this is how much of a bully I was. And you can kind of envision where this is going. And now at this point, it was second grade, okay? I kind of graduated through first grade. and made it through, muscled my way through. Physically, I muscled my way through. So... We go into the foyer. We're waiting before school for the doors to open. There was like this little entrance way that you would wait where the heater was going. And I remember being before Christmas time, it was, you know, probably November, December. And I remember being cold because I was wearing this, God bless it, this rabbit fur jacket. And I remember having the Gainsburger in my left pocket, taking with my right hand and grabbing her hands. The visual of this, like I'm, I'm mortified. I mean, thankfully I've healed and confessed this not only to you, but to priests over the years and to God many, many times. And I remember grabbing and tearing the um, package open with my teeth and shoving it in her mouth as I held my hands over, held her hands, pardon me, over her head. And the only reason why I did this was because I felt like I had power and control over her because I prayed on her, P-R-E-Y. I prayed on her and I would make fun of her that she was adopted. And I would say things like, your parents didn't want you. And I was, I was cruel. I was mean and vicious and nasty. 
I was a very unkind soul. Thank you, Jesus, that you have saved me. And thank you that you have seen that I've now seen the light. But I was so focused on her being unwanted by her parents. And as we think about, you know, adoption and we think about an orphan, you know, in my little mind, we often associate negative things. We think about the movie Annie, right? That had come out, little orphan Annie and, you know, Daddy Warbucks and what a life that would be to go and experience, you know, this plush and palatial and luxurious life. Whereas living in the orphanage or the movie Peter Pan, of course, and the movie Oliver Twist, like there were all these movies that, you know, we had this preconceived notion of what it was like to, to be an orphan and they were not positive, right? Unless you looked at the other side, when you go to daddy Warbucks's house and even more so as we, you know, move through the era and the decades, if you will, goodwill hunting, right? He was orphaned by his father. Think about the problems he had. And even the movie Harry Potter, Harry Potter was living underneath his aunt's staircase, I think, before he went to uh, Hogwarts. So oftentimes there's a very negative connotation associated with orphanhood. But here's what I need to know. Even though my parents were married at this time, they were not divorced, but I was still an orphan and I was living by an orphan spirit. Now, this is not something I knew then. This is something that I learned later in life, much later in life, so much so that it was just in the last two years that God has been in the process of refathering me and adopting me as his own. And so sister friend, I want us to unpack what the word orphan means, because as I mentioned earlier, even if you grew up in a very stable, loving home with both your parents there, you may still have some traces of this orphanhood and we're going to unpack that. So I want you to think about, again, I mentioned just some names of, you know, Annie and Peter Pan and Harry Potter thinking about an orphan. Like what do you envision? You know, their dictionary definitions, and I have several of them here, you know, perhaps their parents have died or they maybe are not known, or maybe they've been pre, uh, permanently abandoned. That is an orphan. That is the dec- dictionary definition of an orphan. Or it's even one who's to provide, excuse me, deprived of some protection or some sort of advantage. So if you're orphaned, you have been deprived of protection. Even if you're, both your parents were there, maybe there was an issue with your mother with an eating disorder, or maybe there was something that was going on with finances in the home, and you may have felt deprived of that protection. Or maybe you felt insecure because of that, because you always saw that fighting. Or maybe you were neglected and always having nannies and babysitters. I don't know what your story is, sweet sister, but I want you to know that God is the father to the orphans and he provides a home for the homeless and he provides, he's the husband for the widow, right? We can go all through scripture, but for the purpose of this month, we are going to dive into what it means to have an orphan spirit. And so very often We consider our parents here on earth, of course, as our earthly parents, but we need to know that we are only on loan to our parents. Just like if you are a mama, it is an honor and a privilege that God allowed you to borrow his child for a short little breath of time here on this earth. Think about that, sweet sister, that you are on loan from your parents. And if you yourself have a child that you are borrowing them from God, they are a gift from God that you are just borrowing. That he has entrusted to you to steward, to love and to pour into and glorify him through your thoughts, your words, your actions, your deeds, everything that your soul possesses, everything that your spirit has adopted. But here's what I want you to know today, sweet sister, is that God wants to adopt you as his own. Now you might call him into your heart. You might receive Jesus and enter into relationship with him, but still live very much by legalistic ways. 
So if you're still of the checks and balance system of, you know, walking through your faith and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to do this to get this. And y'all, there's no condemnation because I still struggle with this. This is still something that I'm constantly challenged by where I almost feel like, you know, if I do this, then this, that it's still very much performance, which this is part of orphan spirit. If you're striving, if you're doing something for performance, if you even feel like there is going to be, you know, a checklist system, if you do this and God will give you this. That is an orphan spirit. That does not, that means, excuse me, that do you have not accepted that everything that Christ died and rose for you to have, that's yours, that you're not living from a place of inheritance of the eternal reward that has come through Jesus Christ. And again, there's no condemnation here, but I want you to, during this time, not only today, but over the next several weeks, I really want you to sit with the Lord and I want you to invite him in accept his invitation to become your heavenly father, to become your Abba daddy, to become your father, God, whatever you want to call him. No longer just call him Lord, no longer make him master, but rather to invite him in into that very intimate, close personal relationship where he wants to call you as his own. And it tells us in first Thessalonians five twenty four. this is from the living Bible translation. You know how important I think it is to go into the Bible on your own. So I invite you to try, you know, to travel into the Bible, into your own translation. But it says in first Thessalonians five twenty four, God who called you to become his child will do all of this. And that's referring back to verse 23. He will keep you strong. He will make you healthy. He will make you holy. He will make you whole. And it says, just as he had promised. So that is a promise from God. So if you want, sweet sister, to base your life upon a promise, that is a pretty gosh darn good promise to base your life around. That God called me. Lord, I thank you that you have called me, that you have made me your child, and that you will make me holy and healthy and strong, just as it tells me in your word, as described here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Lord, that you are making me strong and you're making me healthy and you're making me whole because I am your daughter. You also can dive into, these are two scripture references for you today, sweet sister, is to John fourteen eighteen. It says, I will not abandon you as an orphan in the storm. I will come to you. So we pray that. We pray that promise. Lord, I thank you that you are coming to me. I thank you that the storms might wave, might wave, that they might rage and the waves might crash. That, Lord, that you will come to me, that you have heard my cry, like it tells me in Psalm with David. That you hear my cries, you come to me, you rescue me, you are my redeemer, you are my Abba Daddy. You love me with your whole heart more than I can ever ask or imagine. And so, sweet sister, you might be like, what is this? You know, what are we going to unpack here in the next few weeks? And why is Franny telling us this bullying story? The reason why, sweet sister, is because... That story about Holly and the fact that I prayed on her as being an orphan, I was not looking at the converse side of that and the reciprocal side that more so that she was adopted into a loving family to two parents who loved and adored her. And I prayed on her weakness. And that's exactly what the enemy does. He goes in, he finds our wound, he attaches demons to the wounds of our soul And then he just teases the hell out of those throughout the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And I'm here to stand in the gap for you, sweet sister, over the next several weeks of sharing this podcast and some of his scripture, many of his scripture that remind you that you are holy, you are beloved, you are blameless, you are chosen, you are anointed, you are cherished, you are all of the things that a daughter inherits. 
And so I want you to ask yourself a few questions here before our next time together. First and foremost, I want you to ask yourself, what does it mean to be God's daughter? What does it mean to you? Lord, if I sit here and I think about what does it mean to have your DNA in me, to have the blood of Jesus flowing through my veins, what does that mean? What inheritance have I passed up on or have I overlooked or have I not tapped into that you have? Now, sweet sister, this is going to be an unashamed plug here for Come Alive. We are tapping into that, y'all. We are going to go into our identity as daughters and we are going to come alive with that excitement, that zeal, that fervor, knowing who we are as Christ's daughters, as daddy's little girl. So the first question I want you to ask yourself is, what does it mean to be God's daughter? The second question I want you to ask yourself is, what am I not activating as a result of that? What am I leaving untapped? What is the potential that is there waiting for me to utilize it? And then I want you to also ask yourself is, what does it mean to have God as my father, as my Abba, as my daddy, when I run to him and I crawl up in his lap and he picks me up in his arms and he throws me and I giggle, my hair just, you know, cowers all around him and not cowers, but, you know, flows all around him and he picks me up and he hugs me and he just gives me tickles and kisses. Like, do you ever envision God like that? He wants you to. You might hurt over something that's happening with your children, but he hurts over things that happen to you. So sweet sister, if there is something that is on your mind, guess what? It is on God's heart. Give it over to him. Just like if you pick up your child from school and you can tell they are visibly distraught or they're anxious or you see that they're pulling their eyebrows out or, you know, they're eating too much or too little or something. You recognize something's going on. He, he knows that too. Come to him, pour it out to him. He can take it. And the final thing I want you to ask yourself, is there a time where you may have felt self-reliant. This is, I've got to do this. This all depends on me. Maybe you've, maybe you felt unwanted or maybe you have felt rejected or maybe you have felt like, you know, that you are living in the land of misfit toys. I've used that expression actually with my counselor. I said, I just feel like I'm a misfit. I just don't belong. You know, I'm 45 and I don't have children and I don't have the house and the car and the suburban and all the things. And I was like, I just feel like I'm a misfit. Or maybe you even ask yourself, you know, maybe which one of these things is not like the other one, (laughs) right? Maybe even in your own family, you feel like, air quote, the black sheep. If you answered yes to any of those feeling of self-reliance, feeling of perhaps of times of rejection or unwantedness, or maybe that you feel like a misfit or that maybe something's just off or you're a black sheep of your family, then sister friend, you too might have a characteristic or two or be struggling with an orphan spirit that needs to be healed. So that is what we're going to do during our time together this month of October. So sister friend, I pray first Thessalonians 524 over you, that God is calling you to be his child. He wants to make you healthy and whole, and he wants to make you strong just as he has promised. So Lord, we just sit at your feet. We come to you with these questions. We come to you. We just sit, we draw close to you. We ask you, Lord, to show us, to reveal to us, to give us an understanding, to enlighten our paths so we can see and know, Lord, what it is that you want us to know, not only about ourselves, but most importantly, Lord, about you, because we know that we are made in your image and therefore we reflect your glory. So Father God, I pray for the sister who is listening to this right now, that she can come, that she can sit at your feet, that she can just curl up in your lap and she can just let you speak to her, minister to her spirit, love up on her in the way that you can only do in your son's precious name. 
All right, sweet sister, if this blessed you, I would love to hear from you. Just say, Franny, wow, this was really good. I'm excited about this new series, um, all the things. Share it with a friend. Wow, this is a really good series. We're diving into the month of October. And of course, if you want to come to Come Alive and you want to ignite something inside of you, want to have a fresh encounter with the Lord, hop on over to shinewithfranny.com and look under the events tab. Actually, it's under the um, work with me tab in the events. First one, Come Alive is right there. There is both a virtual as well as, holla, a live in person. A live in person is going to be awesome. I'm super excited because of all the other things that are going to happen there. Not that live is not going to be awesome, but it's going to only be a fraction of what we're going to be doing in person up in there. All right, hop on over there and go and get your ticket and we will see you the next episode. And until next time, sweet sister, keep on shining.